All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel here on the J&K Podcast. Yo. What's up, guys? So, before we get into uh, what's going to be a turnbuckle talk discussion here this week, uh, this clip has absolutely nothing to do with wrestling. I'll say it right off the bat. This oh. is just, uh, just a fun clip. It kind of has uh, something to do with uh, actually kind of something similar to kind of you said. Let's play it and we'll, we'll kind of talk about it. First, there was PlayStation, a.k.a. PS1. Then there's PS2, PS3, and now PS4. And that makes sense. You'd think after Xbox, there'd be Xbox 2. But no. Next came Xbox 360. Hmm? And now, after 360, comes Xbox One. Why one? Maybe that's how many seconds of thought they put into naming it. Can you get the butter, please? Yeah. However, with the Xbox One, I can control my entire entertainment system using voice commands. Up until now, I've had to use Leonard. Then get the other one. Pass the butter. Hang on. I don't feel like you're taking this dilemma seriously. Fine, Sheldon. You have my undivided attention. Okay, now, the PS4 is more angular and sleek looking. No way! It's true, but the larger size of the Xbox One may keep it from overheating. Well, you wouldn't want your gaming system to overheat. No, see, well, you absolutely would not. And furthermore, the Xbox One now comes with a Kinect included. Included? Yes. Not sold separately. Although the PS4 uses cool new GDDR5 RAM, while the Xbox One is still using the conventional DDR3 memory. Why would they still be using DDR3? Are they nuts? <laughs> See, that's what I thought. But then they go and throw in an ES RAM buffer. Whoa, 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 wait a second. Who's they? The Xbox. You're kidding! No, I am not. And this ES RAM buffer should totally bridge the 100 gigabit per second bandwidth gap between the two RAM types. This is a nightmare. How will you ever make a decision? See, I don't know. What should I do? Please pass the butter! So there you go, a little uh, Big Bang Theory uh, clip there, uh, kind of poking fun at the, at the uh, Xbox for including the Kinect. I know this is a turnbuckle top, but that was a big thing when that uh, console first came out that uh, actually, uh, you know, caused the, the PS4 to do very, very well at the beginning. And it seems to have kind of evened out as we've gone through this uh, console generation was that that Kinect being included yep. and it, it actually being the reason why that that system actually initially cost more than its competitor. So it was uh, a thing that, uh, you know, I think they over time kind of realized it was like, Oh, oops, you know, and now the, uh, you know, the current versions do not come with it. No. So, uh, you know, a much more streamlined product. You can tell that, uh, you know, Microsoft, you know, went through some growing pains there and, and you know, to give them credit, you know, made some good decisions along the way. And, uh, you know, we definitely, uh, in my opinion, have a better product with the current Xbox one S as opposed to the, the original Xbox one, which actually alienated a lot of people. So, Sure. So now we're going to get into some uh, wrestling discussion, and I think uh, probably the uh, the main one to to kind of uh, to hit up here as we uh, go to my uh, list of uh, sources that I used to when we talk to this uh, when we t- do talk some wrestling here. Um, I guess probably uh, I guess arguably the biggest piece of news would be this puppy right here. Yes. Um, a current uh, current release, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. Um, somebody who we initially had thought had been already released and, and gone, uh, I guess today it became official. All red, everything. All red, everything is no longer all red WWE as Eva Marie 
officially today yes. is no longer with the World Wrestling Entertainment. Yep, right from her uh, from her Twitter account today, I'm saying a bittersweet goodbye to at WWE. Thanks to the entire team and you, my fans, for these four years. Yeah. Hashtag all red everything forever. True, which um, uh, which is kind of odd because I don't believe she has she the red hair fans. now. She didn't have a lot of fans. No, she really didn't have a lot <laughs> of fans. Uh, um, she seemed in her four years that she claims. Mm-hmm. Um, Seems like it was less than that. No, no, it, it, honestly, for me, it, it, it felt like it was longer. <laughs> it felt like it was longer. Um, but she seemed to be green the entire time. Mm-hmm. And in every really, aspect, every aspect, and didn't seem to really grow at all in in not just her character because her character mm. she did great with, but mm. the in ring and the mic skills really mm. were very lacking. You know, in kind of taking the, the the route of you know being on the original main roster and then kind of being bumped down to NXT, and a real kind of opportunity to grow there. And it's, I don't know if. Maybe she just didn't seize the opportunity, or if uh, Creative didn't really believe in her, or Vince didn't really believe in her. I, I know even just, you know, we mentioned the All Red kind of everything, you know, with her kind of doing that herself. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, people in charge, you know, people in Creative, and, you know, I imagine Vince and, uh, you know, the powers that be weren't a fan of that. And, uh, you know, I, I don't say that that led to, you know, her downfall, but it didn't help. It didn't help. No, it definitely. To give kind of a little bit of a backstory on that, she was told by uh, by WWE, okay, this is your look. This is what you're going to do. This is how things are going to yeah. go. We need you to go to wardrobe. We need you to go do this, go to makeup, and get this done. Mm-hmm. She decided to go there and say, nope, I want red. Give me <laughs> fire engine red hair. Fire engine and, red. And, uh, Pretty much. Yeah. And spice red. that's what I want to go with. Yep. Right? Um, so she ended up doing that instead of what the WWE asked for. Yeah. So I think that really kind of put her into a bad place to begin with. I mean, good for her for trying to think outside the box and maybe think a little bit further down the line in her career, Mm -hmm. but really it didn't help. She looked outside of the wrong box. She did. (laughs) Let's just yeah. put it that way. You know, for, for me, one of, one of the strangest I think, kind of moments was when they, they tried to give her a little bit of a push against Bailey. Yes. And uh, she went out and did this promo. Uh, and I, I, I might have to go and find it and play as a clip for uh, for a later episode. But uh, when, uh, you know, this when we used to do Turnbuckle Talk for um, Internet Radio, we, we did, uh, I think we, we talked about an episode, was an episode that we had mentioned that uh, um, I, I think we had actually played the clip of her shooting a promo against Bailey, and it was horrible and yeah. I, I never heard somebody get booed like like i'm not talking like fans being uh booing a heel because boo you're a heel you're a bad guy i'm talking boo because you just suck yeah it was legitimate <laughs> yeah. booze like it was like um you know horrible things coming from the crowd there and uh you know it was like you know it's me versus you uh, yeah yeah and that that was part of of when she was sent back to nxt and i think really part of the the issue with her being sent back to nxt Mm -hmm. is that she did not change anything everybody was used to and knew eva marie in the main roster now you send her back down to nxt to get better but you don't change her whoops that that was a very very big mistake they really needed to repackage her and bring her back as somebody 
different or as herself, but something something had to be different because mm-hmm. this all red everything wasn't working. Yeah. And you could tell kind of where I think they were going with her character and I think I think they're actually using it on somebody else and that's uh not um not Peyton Royce but the other uh Australian uh, wrestler. Um I know who you're talking about. I can't, I can't remember her name right now. And yeah, it's escaping me too, but uh if somebody can think of it uh, post in the comments for the Facebook posting. And um yeah, you could tell I think that's kind of the direction they wanted to go with her character. You know, have somebody who still has some you know, arguably some some decent skills in the ring, you know, with that diva kind of persona, yep. which is eh, kind of nowadays, you know, with uh, women's wrestling getting legitimately good again, you know, with the Mayon Classic and, you know, other talent stepping up and new ones coming in and whatnot. You know, the, uh, the diva kind of thing is uh, a little tough to do. It definitely is tough to do. I mean, it it could be pulled off if it were done properly. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I mean, you got all these women wrestlers that are in there now. Yep. And they did this women's revolution, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So why not have this one person that's still in there going, I'm a diva. Yeah. Right? And it, done by the right person, it could work. Yep. And they're trying to do what the, the two Australian girls are. And it, it, it seems to be doing okay. Um, but maybe not quite up to like main roster kind of uh, level just yet. No. So uh, I think it's still an idea that they're kind of playing around with. Uh, I think you, you you had mentioned you really did have the right talent to you know to really believe in it and then you know to really embrace that role. You know, as we mentioned, when it comes to having a successful character in uh, the business of professional wrestling, you really have to embrace that and uh, be able to really uh, give it your all. Otherwise, the crowd's just not going to believe you. Exactly. Right, and you're just not going to get over on any aspect whatsoever. What exactly? You're not going to get over at all. Now. Speaking of people getting over, um, I need to uh, go back a step here. Uh, so let's go back here and talk about somebody uh, who used to get over really, really well, but uh, it's been kind of waning uh, as of recently. And uh, I'm trying to find a uh, um, proper article, and I think I just found it. And uh, I am talking about Mr. Enzo Amore. Yes. And um, they are possibly looking at um, bumping him back down to NXT. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Now, I had a feeling that this might possibly happen. You know, because uh, you know, get once again, you know, knowing Vince likes to push the the big man. Uh, yeah. Cast definitely the bigger guy, and um, as I've kind of feared, Enzo kind of left to the wayside there, and. Um, I don't know what it is because you you can't say the guy doesn't embrace uh, the character because every time he goes out there, you know, just in that entrance, giving it all that he has. Oh yes, you know. So I, I think uh, you know with him especially, a, a victim of uh, you know either creative not really knowing what, what to do or Vince just not believing in the little guy. I I think it's it's the latter. I think it's just Vince not believing in the little guy right now. I. Yeah, you know, and I think even even here it says uh, there's an idea that possibly possibly go back to XT since he would be kept away from Vince and could help sell tickets for uh, for that. So yeah, it seems like uh, you know, what, what, and we saw a little bit with uh, Austin Aries too, and, and, and once again beating this dead horse now. But uh, you know, Vince just doesn't seem to be uh, into a lot of the uh, you know dare I say smaller talent. You know, we yeah. saw with, we saw with Austin Aries. 
Now, I don't know exactly what Vince's role was in that, but I'm sure there was some... Uh, oh, I'm sure. sure he played some role in that. You know, and it was really unfortunate because, you know, especially with Austin Aries, like a real talent lost there. Now, you know, where he'll end up, you know, we'll see. Uh, I would uh, like to see me, him go back to Ring, Ring of Honor. I don't know about Global Force, TNA or Impact or whatever you want to call it nowadays. You know, it's uh, there, there was some site, uh, some group on Facebook that was... Um, Posting a thing is like a bunch of WWE talent where they could be possibly headed, where like at least kind of lower mid card guys and yep. saying that uh, you know, we think that they're going to be maybe going to a Global Force or maybe they're going to Ring of Honor. But uh, even names like Dolph Ziggler or something got being thrown around by that uh, thing. I don't know how much that's based on reality at all. But uh, with Enzo, I don't know. Tough with him. It's it's, it's very I, tough. And I think I mean, he needs to be part of a group or part of a team. I I don't think he does. I think. It, He's obviously rubbed somebody the wrong way mm. um, to be able to have this happen. Yeah. Somebody is ticked off and not happy with Enzo Amore. Now, whether it's attitude, whether it's something that he's done out of line, don't know right now. They speculate that it's attitude and stuff like that in, in the back, mm. but it's sending him back down to NXT to get him one away from Vince and two to help sell tickets, I think is a good idea. Mm -hmm. uh, it definitely is because Enzo and Cass, as you know, the two of them as a tag team were very popular in NXT. Yep. So to send Enzo back down there, even if it's just for that sole purpose of helping sell more tickets, I think is a good and legitimate thing to do. Absolutely. I would definitely, uh, Agree on that. Now, speaking of uh, NXT, uh, we're going to get to our first kind of wrestling-related uh, sound clip here. And uh, this is actually, you're, you're getting, nobody can see this because you're listening on audio, but this is a little peek at something that will actually get you to talk a little bit about later at some point. Sure. This episode, uh, uh, we haven't talked about Supercard at all. No. So I think uh, we'll give you a little bit of time to talk about some Supercard. But speaking of NXT, uh, we've mentioned this uh, certain somebody you know, with um, you know, having some personal issues mm -hmm. lately, and and seem to be kind of bouncing back. So this is uh, uh, more of Ronaldo, uh, basically um, short little interview after him uh, coming back and uh, you know doing his first uh, bit on NXT uh, commentary wise. So let's listen to this uh, short interview here. See what he has to say. Moral, welcome back here to NXT. You just finished up calling your first night over here. How does it feel coming off of that high? Well, I'm, I'm sweating, so I can only imagine what the NXT superstars must feel like. I got to say, Kayla, it's uh, so great to be back under the WWE umbrella. And really, it means a lot for me to be here at NXT because not only do I get to, to call exciting action, but I, I, I get to, to see the next generation of superstars. So I, I could not ask uh, for a better opportunity. And I, I want to thank uh, the WWE and, uh, and all of the fans for, for letting me come back. This has been... Uh, Incredible, to say the least. Well, you know, speaking of the fans, it's been about 24 hours since the news broke that you'd be here. How has the response been from the fans? Uh, humbling, to say the least, Kayla. I, I've always, I know, been a, a polarizing individual with my calls. I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but I, I've got to say that the entire WWE universe, not just NXT, but I've heard from fans all over the world that are, are very happy that I'm back. And I, I can't tell you how much it means to me because uh, when I first signed with WWE, I let the world know that it was a dream job of mine over 30 years in the making. And you know what? One door closes, but another huge door opens. And uh, like I say, I want to... 
uh, thank everyone. I cannot uh, tell you uh, how incredibly touched I am with all of the love, and I, I hope it continues. <laughs> well, speaking of doors opening and opportunities, you've got another really big one coming up. You're going to be calling one of the biggest fights. we got Mayweather and McGregor. What's going on through your mind with that? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if, if somewhere I must have made a deal with someone that i got to be careful of because, honestly, uh, life uh, couldn't get much better, not only back at NXT, but also back in MMA with Bellator MMA. And, and yeah, one of the biggest stars in MMA, Conor McGregor, will be stepping into the boxing ring against Floyd Mayweather coming out of retirement. Uh, I've called a lot of Floyd Mayweather fights for Showtime Championship Boxing, and uh, I didn't get to enjoy my WrestleMania moment this year, but... This promises to be the WrestleMania of combat sports. It's the biggest money fight in history. And while many people think it'll be a mismatch because it's under boxing rules and Conor McGregor has never fought under the Marcus of Queensbury rules, I don't know if many people are going to miss this match. And uh, again, I love a spectacle. I love the hype. Uh, and I can't wait to be a part of uh, the circus. They're, they're sending in the clown anyway, right? <laughs> Well, we can't wait to have you a part of here at NXT. Again, welcome, and we are looking forward to seeing the marquee make around here. <laughs> Thank you very much, Caleb. I really appreciate it. So there you go. Uh, a little bit of interview uh, talking about uh, being happy to uh, still be around with the WWE and, of course, uh, you know, being involved in calling the uh, Mayweather-McGregor match, which yeah, is going to be huge. probably one of the biggest, um, you know, at least in our lifetime when it comes to combat sports. Is going to be, uh, you know, I said probably one of the biggest money fights, and um, you know, it's um, we'll see how that kind of plays out. You know, this is a wrestling show, but we'll more than likely, you know, at least at the very least, mention. Oh yeah, kind of what happens there because uh, I mean that, that's going to be huge. I think no matter kind of what happens there, it's going to be newsworthy. It you know? definitely is. I mean, it's something that everybody's talking about right mm -hmm. now. Um, internet, social media, just the world is is buzzing about this match. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's going to be something that is a huge moneymaker, as has been mentioned many times. Um, Pay-per-view buy rates, I think you're going to see them oh, soar yeah. through the roof yeah. for this because this is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Yes. Floyd Mayweather is coming out of retirement just mm -hmm. for this. I doubt we're going to see him continue on any further into any other type of uh, boxing role. Mm -hmm. uh, Conor McGregor, who knows what's going to happen with him after this. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully it's good, and hopefully it's something that's going to really shine. You know, and uh, Morrow going to be a part of that. So kind of jealous, you know. Uh, he's going to get to call you know, one of the biggest... Uh, uh, Things going on there. That's my. I forgot to turn my ringtone off. Uh, oh. There's some kind of penalty for uh, for doing that. Um, but uh, yeah, and then uh, you know, as uh, Moro kind of mentioned, you know, uh, he kind of considers himself a really kind of a polarizing uh, character, and you just have to look at the comments um, on this posting. And uh, there's some really really positive stuff. There's some kind of stuff in between, and there's some people that are just being dicks. Yeah, pardon the language. Uh, I, think, <laughs> I think this still fits into the to the PG realm, but some people just being dicks, you know. And you know, yeah. say what you will about the man if you don't like his voice or anything like that. I mean, you can't deny the guy's passion for the business. Oh, it's it's intense. It is yeah. probably since okay, he he is the most intense person when it comes to commentating yeah. that I have ever seen since. Jim so, Ross. Since Jim Ross. Like, Jim Ross could make you cry during a match. He would get so involved. Oh, yeah. Jim, like, he, he's somebody that's going to be, I think, tough to beat 
kind of in this business, uh, you know, of professional wrestling when it comes to commentators, you know, called some of the biggest matches, you know, of our lifetimes. Yes. You know, and it just got you emotionally invested. I mean, and, you know, just to be able to do that with just your voice. Just your voice and your words. You know, that that's, um, is an, that's quite the accomplishment, you know, and it is, it's frankly tough to do. Many have tried, many have failed. And a yeah. uh, few are very, very successful at it. And, uh, you know, I would say Jim Ross you know, definitely so, um, you know, we're only, I think if he has, you know, enough time, you know, and uh, can keep it together long enough, I, you know, think, can we get close to that, you know, at least when, you know, when it comes to, you know, trying to, uh, you know, be in that same kind of realm, so. And I 100% think that he can be. Yeah. Um, if Not saying that he needs to put more work into it, but he is like just about there. Mm. The only issue, and I'm going to say it, the only issue I have with Mauro Ronaldo is that he is too technical mm. with his words. Yeah. So, and I understand it is really cool to be able to have, um, you know, the, the proper names for these moves, mm-hmm. uh, the proper names for from Japan that have come over to North America for some of these different moves. Yep. Now, I get that and understand that, but will everybody get it? Yep. No. So we need to kind of step back a little bit from that. Jim Ross didn't have to use all those technical names for things. Mm-hmm. Jim Ross just had to say slobber knocker and he had to say... My God, he almost killed him. Exactly. Yep. Right? Like those are the big things that, that are remembered and I think Morrow just needs to kind of dial that back a little bit. And uh, I would definitely agree with, with that. You know, tone it down a little bit, but but not too much. But I think you know, even more so than that, what 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 he needs to find, he needs to find the right other commentator beside him to bounce off of. That's what you know. Yes. As good as Jim Ross is not taking anything away from him, having Jerry the King Lawler there with him. Give him the perfect balance there and the perfect person to bounce off of. Definitely it did. Right. Um, you know what? Honestly, I could see Corey Graves mm. and Mauro Ronaldo being yep. just as good as JR and the King. With some time. And Corey, uh, you know, and all the credit to him too, you know, uh, from you know, a wrestler, you know, being forced to retire very, very early in his career. Um, to have done as well as he has uh, in, in this other role with the company, you know, I think it really needs to be commended because uh, oh, yeah. I, I think a lot of people have overlooked that with him. You know, he's done very well. Well, bad. a lot of people would just be, you know, almost at the point of giving up. They'd be like, yeah, or whatever, come back for a little bit and then go away. You know, he's come back and he's really, you know, taking all this on and extremely, extremely well, in my opinion. I think he really gets overlooked. For the the talent that he has, you know, commentating you know, all all this, he does. He gets overlooked a lot, and I mean, he's another one of those guys like Mauro Ronaldo that can really talk the technical terms yep. and the technical names for things. The difference being, Corey Graves knows how to kind of dial it back a little bit or explain yep. what it is that's going on and why that has that type of a name so if you put the two of them together you're going to have Mauro Ronaldo giving those technical terms then you're going to have Corey Graves doing color commentary as mm-hmm. they call it being kind of almost the bad guy in commentary and kind of saying 
So for you peons out there, or for <laughs> you you that don't understand this t- this uh, terminology, this is what that means, mm-hmm. right? That bounce off between the two of them because they both understand. They both know exactly what those terms are. And you look at uh, you know, and, and just as in with the in ring element of professional wrestling, you have your you know, at most times you you have you have a heel and you have a baby face. Yep. Not always the times times that you have heel versus heel or, or face versus face. But, um, you know, and, and this is also reflected in the, the commentating aspect of, of uh, you know, professional wrestling. And if you look at two, in my personal opinion, uh, you know, the best commentator teams of all time, you have JR and you have King and you have Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura. You have, you know, your really, really good face commentator and you have your really, really good heel commentator. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and I think, you know, especially, you know, not taking anything away from uh, JR and uh, King again, but, you know, my favorite... Uh, Commentator team was Grilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura. And those two guys were just like made to be together to do commentary. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they definitely were. And it, what, what, what made it work is they were complete opposites of each other. Yes. You know, as maybe kind of similar as maybe they, they kind of seem when, when they were talking, sometimes they were polar opposites of each other. And oh, yeah. that's what made it work. Yeah, it was it was That's the same. It was the same with Vince McMahon and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yeah. Like I mean, that was probably one of my favorite commentating duos was mm-hmm. the two of those. Just because Vince McMahon was very much so that businessman that you know straight to the point. You know, no joking around. That we got to do this. And then you had Bobby the Brain Heenan that was cracking a joke at everything mm-hmm. that was said. Yep. Now. Drifting uh, back to uh, to the smaller kind of guys, uh, um, kind of a little surprising kind of release uh, happened here. But for me, not all that surprising. Uh, uh, WWE releasing NXT star Ho Ho Loon. Oh yeah. Now, if you're not aware of who this is, um, I guess we'll kind of inform you. He was one of the uh, uh, wrestlers involved in the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, actually from uh, Hong Kong. Yep. And uh, he, um, you know, for those who really pay attention to the professional wrestling business, you realize that, you know, he's actually a very well-known name over there because he actually uh, runs his own promotion over there yes. in Hong Kong and uh, has done quite well. So I'm I'm assuming there, because, I mean, when they, as soon as I saw that match, you know, they mentioned in this article, um, that match with Vel- Velveteen Dream, which we need to maybe talk about that character at some point because it's... There's a lot going on there, you know, political wise or anything too that we can get into. But uh, you know, as soon as I saw that match against him, I was like, yeah, he's not gonna have no. <laughs> uh, they're gonna get rid of Hohu, and yeah. it was unfortunate, you know. But um, I think he could do quite well over there. He's one. I think he really is one of those guys that you know doesn't need to be working for the Fed to be successful. Yeah. I'll, uh, Cody Rhodes. I think one of the best current examples of somebody that you know, can be just as successful and. Arguably, make more money where he's at. Has no yeah. real reason to come over. So None unless ever. you know, like we talked about, the scenario of uh, having this kind of independent male wrestler kind of uh, classic tournament, you know, then maybe that'd be enough to maybe kind of lure him back over. Possibly, maybe. But that would only kind of be a like a three night thing. Yeah. Right. And is it really worth it to tarnish everything that yeah. you've said and everything yeah. that you've talked about? About I don't need to go back yeah. to the WWE. If you come in for a three-day tournament, yeah. yeah. To, to be fair with that, if anybody has the, you know, the luxury to be able to get away with it and to be able to pull it off, you know, it would be Dusty's kid. 
Because we have to keep in mind, Dusty Rhodes is probably one of the most respected men in the business. It's very true. So I think, you know, just, you know, having that lineage alone, you know, could, you know, make it a possibility. True. I I wouldn't like it, though. No. I I would not like to see Cody Rhodes if the WWE does decide to do an all-male tournament. Mm -hmm. um, I would not like to see Cody Rhodes there because it would just be... Uh, hypocrisy mm-hmm. of everything that he said to now come back because they're doing a tournament. Yeah. No. Yeah. Let's see. We'll see what happens. Uh, as we say in the business, never say never. It's true. Speaking of which, uh, this is uh, uh, seems to be coming up again here. Let's take a little peek at this one. Samoa Joe not ruling out a CM Punk return to WWE. This is coming up again. You know it's you know it's it's always gonna come up as a, as a topic of discussion. If your thoughts really kind of change on this, do you think that he could ever possibly come back? I don't think he wants to. That's yeah. the thing. He doesn't yeah. want to. Yeah. He made his money. He did his time. He was able to go out there and speak his mind. He mm-hmm. got off his chest what he wanted to get off. He's done. Yeah. If it were. Maybe an appearance at a Ring of Honor or a New Japan Pro yeah. or something like that, mm-hmm. possibly. But to come back to the WWE, I honestly cannot see it. Yeah, I think the only way to maybe do something, you know, it wouldn't maybe necessarily have to be WWE, but I think that uh, to lure him out of uh, retirement, even for just like one more match, you know, you know fans like to say one more match would be to have a match against his old uh, buddy Chris Hero. But with that, you can do that anywhere, mm-hmm. right? You don't yeah. necessarily uh, uh, need to do that yeah. in the WWE. Yes, I said I don't think it necessarily needs to be WWE. Yeah. But um, I'm, and uh, and at the same time, could you imagine though, like with uh, with him being over in uh, NXT now as Cash's own? Could you imagine Punk showing up there? That would be like the pop that he would get would be insane. Oh yeah, it would insane. be. It would be <laughs> right. So and it would it would be a good pop for both Punk. It would be. And for Chris Hero or Cassius Ono. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you really want to legitimize Cassius Ono, have him go out there against like Hideo Itami or somebody mm-hmm. like that. Get the pin on whoever his opponent is. And then while he's in the ring, all you need is CM Punk to come out there and just. Yeah. Just do that up at the top of the ramp, turn around and walk out. Yeah, people will remember that, and people are gonna go, "Oh, yeah. CM Punk <laughs> is cool with Cassius Ono. Yep. I'm cool with Cassius Ono now too, mm-hmm. right?" Yeah. Not that Cassius Ono is you know bad with the crowds or anything like no. that. Like people, people like him. Yeah. I personally love him. I mm-hmm. think he's amazing, and I've always been a fan of Chris Hero. Yep. So. Yep, and you know, even during this time too, you know, doing some uh, independent stuff with uh, I can't remember if it was like Gorilla Pro or House of Glory or something like that. But uh, they they had like a bunch of like some of the best wrestlers in the world at that show. I have to go try and find that somewhere online and watch that show because they had you know so many good guys. And kind of go along with that, uh, there was a I believe it was over in I think it might have been Scotland or somewhere in the UK. But there was a match uh, that actually involved. Uh, some guys from the uh, UK uh, tournament, uh, mm. you know, Trent Seven, uh, Tyler Bate, and uh, Pete Dunn, Pete the Dunn, current yeah. uh, K Championship with a match against Joy Ryan. Yes. 
Yeah, right? very, so, very recently. Those like are in the last week. Those are guys actively signed to WWE, with the exception of Joey Ryan. Of Joey Ryan. Now, while we mentioned him, why don't we just talk about? Do you think that there's, you know, with the, the character that he has? <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? Do you think that there's any chance in hell, you know, that he could uh, get in the WWE with the character that he has? With the character that he has, I do believe that yes, he could get into mm. NXT. Yeah. Okay. Now you talked about somebody a little bit earlier that I'm going to say would be a great pairing to have go up against Joey Ryan, and that person is Velveteen Dream. Ooh. So that Velveteen <laughs> Dream character, wow. the Joey Ryan character, you new. put them in into a little series matchup together, a little storyline. It would be very, very risky, risky. Very, very much so. But I think it definitely could work. Because you have the, uh, let's look at the elements that you'd have there. Okay, you have a, a, a very flamboyant uh, black wrestler who... Uh, you know, likes to push, you know, political buttons with the uh, political leaders and, you know, and just with, uh, you know, just society in general and just your your personal tastes. And then you have a guy who likes to suplex people with his penis. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You have, you have some elements for a very interesting match, my friend. A hundred percent you do. Now, you, you, you got you to gotta remember Velveteen Dream, as you've stated, is a very flamboyant, mm. very, um, very on the fence kind of gay character and i'm yeah. i'm just going to use yeah. those words there's no other way there's, to really there's put no it. yeah no other way to put it yeah. um he dresses as though he seems like he's like he's he's gay yeah. uh the very out there flamboyant gay um and then you've got Joey Ryan who has really legitimized himself with the different movesets that he that he does <laughs> yeah for a while he was wrestling women mm-hmm. um kind of andy kaufman style yes and he was doing what was called the boob plex yep where he would reach around from behind the women mm-hmm. grab onto their boobs suplex them. and then suplex them yep. while holding on to their boobs yep his newest thing yep. is and I'm, I'm i apologize for the language but this is what they actually call it they call it the dick plex <laughs> So he, a competitor will go to low blow him or they'll grab onto his, his penis. Or he'll have actually like physically grab their hand and bring it over. Oh yeah. He'll grab their arm and bring it right over to, to, to his penis. They're holding onto it. And then he sits there and it's almost as though he like hulks up like Hulk Hogan style hulks up, hulks up, hulks up. And then he he moves his arms over to the left, yeah. and then he flips his yeah. arms over to the right, and then these people do a flip, right? So it's it's something that's 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 kind of innovative. It's different. It's something that we really haven't seen. <laughs> you need to suspend disbelief while you're watching. It. You do 100. percent You <laughs> very do. much so. I mean, it's not as bad as somebody you know wrestling and being pinned by a broom or a mop. Yeah. But or the uh, the finger poke of doom. The finger poke of doom. That one as well. <laughs> right. But it's it's something that's that's really oh, different, just... and I think that it honestly mm-hmm. could work. Yeah. NXT. Yeah. Bringing it to the main roster. WWE weekly television. I don't think so. Yeah. Now coming back around to what we were originally on here, was CM Punk ever returning to the WWE? I think things would really, really have to align properly. You know, to, you know, I, I honestly never thought I'd see Kurt Angle back in WWE. Hmm. 
you know, everything that he's been through, you know, personal wise, you know, uh, violating wellness policy, which we've actually forgot to mention with, w, with uh, Eve Marie because she was guilty of that too, by the way. Mm-hmm. We didn't even get onto that, but uh, um, it would really um, need a lot of things to be mended and everything there too. Because, I mean, just with him and, you know, just, just come and say it, just him and Triple H just do not see eye to eye like in real life. Yeah. So that's going to be the main, always the main stumbling block there is, is Paul is just going to be like, nope, nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> even like, you probably would love to, even first saying CM, but nope. So I think, I think he's always going to kind of shoot that down, you know, up to a certain point, you know, where, you know, if you're looking for something to be a big draw and you're running out of ideas, you know, then maybe if the timing's right and, Universal lines properly, maybe. You know, no. I think they're highly improbable. You know, not like Yeah, I think there would have to be. I think the WWE would have to be going Mm -hmm. into bankruptcy before (laughs) anything like that would ever happen. And do I see the WWE going bankrupt anytime soon? No. 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 They'll always find a way. But, and like I said, you know, to be fair, you know, Kurt Angle didn't really didn't expect that. Um, the Hardys, um, I would expect to maybe Matt back. Definitely not Jeff. You know, you know, knowing uh, you know with him, you know, violating wellness policy, the, sorry, the wellness policy. You know, yep. and uh, you know that infamous incident with uh, with Sting. You can go check it on YouTube and, and watch that debacle. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, as, as much as I love Jeff Hardy, that is a very very low point in the business of professional wrestling that you know we know and love. You know, that's something that uh, you look on as a fan or, you know, as somebody who loves the business, but like, yeah, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. You know, just to see somebody so unprofessional, you know, in, in something that, you know, you know, people have a real passion for to see somebody put that kind of effort, like it just, it, it'll leave a bad taste in your mouth. You'd be like, oh yeah. Mm, you know, so the fact that, you know, he's come out the other end, you know, doing well, uh, I'll give him props, you know, and uh, you know, hopefully nothing like that happens ever again with Jeff Hardy. Because that, that would be terrible. So Now, going along with that, I'm going to see if I can actually find this. Because I actually yeah, wasn't meaning to play this uh, clip. But we uh, better mention it because um, it is definitely uh, mention-worthy. Sure. That uh, there was an interview uh, done recently. I may have to uh, just kind of search on YouTube to probably find this the quickest way. Um, of uh, them having an interview... And uh, I believe it was after, I think it was an episode of uh, Raw. And I got to see if I can find this. Hardy's. Hoping that that will possibly bring it up here. Um, as soon as I see the, the right one, I'll, I'll know that's the right. Uh, type one. in the. I just uh, found it. Okay. I just found say, it. Type in the other word. Just found it. So here we go. It's going to be an interview with Matt and Jeff Hardy. Matt and Jeff, first of all, congratulations on your victory against Gallows and Anderson. Now, after the ensuing battle between Gallows and Anderson, the revival, and you guys, Michael Cole mentioned on commentary that something had awoken in the Hardy Boys. What are your thoughts on that? You know, actually, I would like to, to thank the revival because after tonight, I feel revived. I feel like a number one contender again. How do you feel? I feel revived as well, my brother. I feel triggered. I feel woken. There is an awakening that has happened inside my brother and myself. And now the club, the revival, they will both learn while we have run the tag team division for a quarter of a century. And they will also learn 
while we will run this tag team division forever. Right there. Right there, that says it. So first we have to apologize for the um, very loud part at the very end of that, but that is Matt Hardy, Matt and Hardy. that is kind of what he does. He yep. is very loud. Um, but yeah, like, holy jumping. I think they Chills. found a loophole. Chills. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm really, really hoping, you know, that they were able to uh, to finally, uh, you know, work out a deal there or, you know, at least pay them the royalties or whatever. But uh, uh, that pretty much says that they're, you know, that they're, they're starting to go down that angle. So they, they definitely are. Now, we are not 100%. We are not going to see broken. No. But we will see Awoken, maybe? Awoken or Woken. Yeah. That is what we're going to see. Yep. Uh, because they still cannot come to any type of agreement with Anthem so, Sports. So they're like, okay, screw it. So we're going to do what we have to do. Yep. This is what the people want. Let's give it to them. And knowing, um, you, know, you know, especially when it comes to creative minds, you know, Jeff is uh, very much so in uh, probably... I don't know who to maybe give credit for that, but uh, somebody probably thinking outside of the box there and going, aha. Yes. <laughs> if we just do a little bit of spin on it, then we can use it. So. Oh, yeah. Now, made, now what? Made kind of a hint at this at the beginning of the show. I'm going to uh, oh, play a little clip here. At this? And uh, yes. Oh. We're going to talk a little super card. But before we do that, we're going to uh, have a. Um, Brief clip here from a uh, supposedly anonymous mm-hmm. supercard player. Let's see if you can, as listeners here, see if you can figure out who this could be. Who? 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 You know, ever since I was a little kid in Montreal, I knew I wanted to be a supercard champion. Even though supercard hadn't been invented yet, but you know, I've always been a visionary, and it, it, it's something I've been training most of my life for. Within last week, some scrawny dude who was probably waiting for the bus or something, and God knows where, gets on his phone, downloads the game, and then and then just destroys me. Just like that. Why? Why? Years of hard work, and it was over for me in an instant. I don't. I really don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay. So there you go. One of the many um, ads for uh, WWE SuperCard. Yes. Which is a uh, a mobile game available for Android and um, iOS devices. I don't know about uh, you know um, Windows phones if it's available for that. Or, Windows, uh, Windows is Windows phones are dead. That's right. We did an episode about that. Go back and check it out. Um, yeah. Now you've been uh, playing this for quite a while. Yes. Right. Now, is this um, something that you think that you know? For maybe others who aren't interested in this, uh, tell us a little bit about it, and if it's something you know that uh, the hardcore wrestling fan might be into. For me, I I, I kind of really like the game. I mean, it's it's simply almost like a game of war let's say okay yep now or or you get like pokemon or you get digimon or or bakukan or it's borrowing or, from a lot of different things yeah w- w- magic whatever magic yeah all these card card based battle games really a, a lot of that rooted in that it definitely is so yep. i mean you go in you start out you get a you get some some draft picks and you get to pick uh different cards now it comes with a uh, with like a table of cards, and you get to to pick. Um, you don't know who it is, so it mm-hmm. kind of flips the card over, and it's a surprise to you who you get. You're going from common cards, from common to rare to super rare to ultra rare to 
um, you know, survivor cards, WrestleMania cards, elite cards, you know, different tiers that you go up in. Um, But you battle other players. Now, it's not real-time battle, Mm -hmm. but you, um, you battle other player cards. And if your card has better stats than the other one, then your card wins. Right. Now you have uh, in different types of gameplay. You've got uh, just a regular gameplay. You've got a wild mode. You've got a Royal Rumble mode that's uh, nice. in there. You've got a King of the Ring mode that's in there as well. So it, it's something that is is very um, open to a lot of different areas that you can go into to uh, play this game. Now, the biggest thing that I enjoy about it is the login bonus. Hmm. So if you are a player of the game and you log into the game every day, for us here um, in our time zone, we're looking at about 8 o'clock at night. You go in just after 8 o'clock, you log into the game, and it gives you a login bonus. Now, that login bonus gives you a bunch of different things. Let me just quickly pull it up here, and I'll kind of give you guys what the login bonus gives to you. Um, It gives you a a bunch of different things that allow you to um, boost up your your cards. They have cards that allow you to, for a certain amount of games, have better stats. Um, So almost like a uh, Magic the Gathering kind of of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Every day that you log in, it gives you something different. Um, So bear with me for just... 30 seconds here yep and here we go i'm in so after five days you can log in you can get one male superstar with a rarity of survivor to wrestlemania plus five draft picks yes going all the way through all the way through all the way up go to 28 days and at 28 days you get one uh they and they change this one up each month it's changed up but you get this one a throwback card so an elite to a WrestleMania 33 throwback card, which is almost like a Hall of Fame kind of person yes. that would be in there, or a card that kind of looks like an older style trading card. You get an enhancement, which is one of the cards that I said allows you to boost your stats for a certain amount of games, yep. plus gives you an additional 200 credits. Now, all those different credits can be used towards buying different packs of cards, that have better cards inside of them. So it's for me, I I very much so enjoy it. Every week they have different little ge- mini games that come in as well. Uh, right now, this week, they have Ring Domination that's in there. So essentially it looks like a, uh, a tile of shattered glass. Mm-hmm. And you win your match, you get to remove some of the glass. Nice. As you remove the glass, it'll give you a card. And if you remove the right piece it will actually reveal a part of the card underneath. The board resets, and you start over again. You get all the uh, shards of glass removed, you get that card. So it's it, it's pretty cool. It's pretty neat. They do have team events on here as well. So you can go in, search for a different team, um, and hopefully they will accept you into that team. And then when team events come up, you play the team cards, and you play the team games, to get better cards as well. So nice. for me, it's a game that I enjoy. Um, do I play it often? I would have to say 
I really don't play it very often, but I log in every day just to make sure I get that login bonus. Nice. So there you go. If that sounds like that's your, your cup of tea uh, to be into, uh, go check out WWE Supercard for Android and iOS devices. Yes. Now to uh, to kind of end off this episode, we got about 10 minutes left here. Um, this is always kind of a controversial topic when it comes to professional wrestling. And we're getting around to that time of year where uh, this is starting to creep into discussions here about who could possibly get into the Hall of Fame Ooh. coming up WrestleMania. Now, this name is coming up again here. And uh, no, I'm not talking CM Punk. I am talking about Mr. Chris Benoit. Crispin Benoit. Yes. Yes. A very controversial figure in the world of professional wrestling, to say the very least. Now, the, the website that we're, we're, we're looking at here actually has a poll um, showing a picture of uh, Chris holding the uh, world heavyweight title. I'm talking the old school WCW title. Um, should WWE induct Chris Benoit into the Hall of Fame? The options are yes, no, or not sure. So, just to keep it non-biased here, for, for us here, we'll say not sure. Just to, to kind of keep it even there. But let's see how the internet is voting when it comes to this particular topic. Now, a lot closer than I would have expected. Oh, yeah. Right? So, we're looking at the breakdown of uh, 45% saying yes, yep. he should get into the Hall of Fame, and 49% saying no. It is almost 50-50 split. Very, very close. That is very close. Right? So, yeah. A um, very controversial uh, topic because, you know, we've kind of talked about it before. You know, it's a risky thing to talk about, but, uh, you know, when it comes to... You know, Chris Benoit, the wrestler, you know, does he deserve to get into the ring if it were, you know, to just be about the wrestling? I would say, sure. But, you know, you know, that's not only the only factor that goes into this. No. You know, and you look at, you know, the person, Chris Benoit, you know, what he may or may not have done. I don't know. There's, there's room for controversy and conspiracy there. Um, but... I mean, with all of that baggage and all that other kind of stuff like that, there's a real reason why a lot of times you don't even hear him mention, you know, uh, on programming, on pay-per-views, on the on the network. You know, they'll show him if they have to. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, obviously a lot, all the archived, you know, uh, pay-per-views and that kind of stuff. You can't remove him from that. You know, even even Hulk Hogan, they can't remove that as much as like well, they want to pretend like Hulk Hogan doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, by trying to wipe him off the web page and. Uh, the alumni page and whatnot. Uh, you can't deny the existence of either of those guys. No. But uh, you know they, they do their best. Um, what do you? Th- your personal opinions? Do you think that Chris Benoit is deserving to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. How many more times do I have to say yes? No, no reservations <laughs> about it. At all. No, none yeah. at all. For for what the man did for the business of professional wrestling. Yes. Absolutely. Do we need does like does it need to be about his personal life? No, no it, it doesn't. Be. It you're right. It yeah. shouldn't be. So does he deserve to be in the WWE Hall of Fame? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. As uh, you know, when it comes to just purely the wrestling, in which what it should be based off of. But as we know, you know, you know, behind the scenes and you know the powers that be, you know, they they can't ignore you know the other aspect because it. It's the real shame with him, you know, as talented, you know, everything as he was. This, you know, deal with the suicide murders and all that just completely overshadows it. 
you know, and, and it's 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 still you know the way it is to this day, you know, as much as he did for the business. I mean, it it I won't say that it doesn't mean anything, but it's completely overshadowed and just it, and it, it, nobody ever talks about that. Everybody just talks about the murders. On on the other side of that, I'm going to kind of throw this out there. Yeah. Why did those murders and suicide happen? Mm-hmm. It happened because. And yes, you can go and do your research because I mm-hmm. have done my research. Mm-hmm. They took part of his brain mm-hmm. and they found that Chris Benoit, at the time that all of this happened, had the brain of an 80-year-old man with dementia. Oof. From what? From hitting his head for all those years Oof. doing the flying headbutt and from getting hit in the head with whatever Cheers. in the wrestling business. Tables. From falling on 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 his back and maybe hitting his head, he had brain problems and issues. That is part of what had led up to, yep. and it's because of professional wrestling. It's part of the reason yeah. why this happened. Mm-hmm. Now, do we know the state of mind that he was in when this happened? No, we don't, There's because dementia person. isn't, you know. Uh, something that's always on it, nope. it can come off it can Comes be turned off. on it can be yep. turned off whatever right but yep. it's because of the business that he was in and the thing that he loved that helped towards that resolution that came into being yep there's only one person that knows you know everything that happened in uh, all the uh, the events everything happened there's only one person that would know exactly how that unfolded and he's not around anymore so. that's right you know, when it comes to that, I mean, it, it's forever going to be a mystery. There are always going to be conspiracies. You know, was Kevin Sullivan involved? You know, that's the big, big, big oh, one yeah. there, right? And um, you know, was it a murder? Was it a suicide? You know, I mean, it, it, it's something that uh, you know we could speculate until uh, forever, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and that's really all we can do is speculate because we weren't there. And yeah, you know, the person that uh, the major culprit or person who was involved is. The one who's dead, so you know. Yeah. Uh, there's just there's just no way of knowing for sure. No, unfortunately so, not. It'll forever kind of be a mystery, you know. And hopefully, you know, we can try to remember him for you know the, the good things. But you know, to be perfectly honest, you know, I don't really find myself thinking about Chris Benoit all that much, just because there's that element there that just overshadows his whole career, and it really is a shame. And you know, he's not the only one that's you know a victim of that. You know, there's other people in the business that uh, have gone down that same path too, and yeah, you know, I mean, it could be you know potential uh, topic for a show. You could talk because I mean, uh, you know, the other main one to talk about there would be the Von Eric family. Talk about a cursed family oh, yes. when it comes to the world of professional wrestling. I mean, we could almost do a whole uh, segment on that. So we might uh, venture down that path someday, but not enough time today. No, so. there is not. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I'm past. Yeah. What he's done. Yeah. And I mean, I I think it should happen. It's a really polarizing topic amongst wrestling fans. It really, really can be. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can all uh, move on from it. Uh, it's it, it probably will still take a little while. Oh, yeah. But um, looking for SummerSlam's coming up soon. Uh, will uh, Brock Lesnar lose that title and be uh, done with the WWE? We'll see. You know, he supposedly has some kind of deal coming up with the UFC. Uh, as we mentioned, CM Punk, he supposedly has a second fight lined up with the UFC as mm-hmm. well. You know, so, uh, you know, remains to be seen what happens there. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, will he get his ass kicked maybe in a little bit less time? We shall see. <laughs> now, will Brock Lesnar end up fighting John Jones? That could uh, be a pretty huge fight there as well. Yes, it could so, be. So, yeah, some uh, cool stuff happening uh, with wrestling and uh, you know combat sports and that. You know, we usually do tend to focus on the wrestling, but uh, you know the the Mayweather McGregor thing will will definitely be uh, talking about that too when that happens, which is uh, later this month. So yes, it's uh, coming up pretty quick. So. So I think that about wraps it up for this episode. Unless you got uh, some more wrestling you want to discuss, that's everything. Can always go a little overtime if we ever needed uh, to. So oh yeah, if we ever need to, we definitely could. But I, th- you know what, we covered a lot on this episode we today. Um, I think that this episode went very well for us. We were able to get a lot out, a lot of current stuff mm-hmm. that's that's there um, has been brought to to the focus for everybody here so mm-hmm. um i think now the only thing that we have to do is uh, mention that everybody needs to go to our facebook page yes and um we kind of did a little thing on our facebook page where we had uh put a picture up of somebody because we're doing international month international artists uh for this month and mm-hmm. uh today we're actually focusing on somebody that most people might not know that uh this this person or this band is actually an international band i know for myself i didn't know Mm -hmm. and i was actually pleasantly surprised as uh this band is a band that i uh kind of started listening to a long time ago come their very first album and uh very much so enjoyed them and we're talking you know over you know like 20 years ago this uh this album had come out. So I'm, uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised, but make sure that you go to our Facebook page, go to facebook.com and log in. And then from there, search out J and K podcast. Yes. You can find our uh, page there. Make sure you like that page. Make sure you hit that follow button as well so that you can stay on top of everything that we post. And, uh, maybe the next picture that we put up for international artist month, maybe you'll know who that is. That'll be coming up soon. Uh, no hints on that, but, uh, yeah, to end things off, we'll reveal kind of who it is. Um, the, uh, the person in question, uh, she was a, uh, you know, uh, the, the band was formed in 1993 in Wisconsin of all places. Um, she really, uh, Brought this back into uh, the limelight, the spotlight, whatever you want to call it. The idea of a woman fronting a rock and roll band yes. had gone away a little bit, and you know she really kind of uh, helped bring that back uh, into focus again, and showing that you know women can rock just as hard as the men can do sometimes, and laid the groundwork for a lot of uh, women to kind of follow. And we're of course talking about Shirley Manson, who hails from Scotland. Yes, and so here we go to end things off. This week's episode. Here we go with some garbage. The song is called Vow. Have a good one. We will see you guys next time. Ciao. I can't use what I can't abuse. And I can't stop when it comes to you.